Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Live from the Vegas Strip, welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi. When it comes to Las Vegas culture, it's always a mix of new and old. And today's show mirrors that. When it comes to new, how about a new team sport? There's a relatively new sport in town with a new league, new teams, and new stars. It's like a mixture of frisbee golf and American football. Today, you'll meet the commissioner of the American Ultimate Disc League, Steve Hall. As far as great things from the past that still exist today, you've got to visit the Pepper Mill on the Strip. We will take you for a virtual visit later today. A full roster of experts are here as well. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, talks about all the hoopla surrounding Edel, and Mr. Big is here with new information on Tony the Ant. Tiger Todd, the Hero School creator, talks about getting to the heart of the homelessness epidemic, and our nutritionist, Melissa Anderson, is discussing the benefits of natural peanut butter. Sports fans are always on the lookout for another new sport that excites them. And we haven't had a new one, really, in quite a while. But there's one out there that's it's not brand new, but uh, people are just finding out about it. It's called Ultimate Disc, specifically the American Ultimate Disc League. We're going to talk to the commissioner of the league, Steve Hall. Uh, Steve, first of all, before we even get started... Tell people exactly how it works, because we've always heard about Ultimate Frisbee and all that. How does this uh, sport actually work, and how do you score points in it? Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people have played, you know, Frisbee on the beach. They've tossed around, you know, in college or those places. This is basically seven on seven. We play on a football field, and you kind of kick off. You what we call pulling the disc from one team to the other. You pass it to each other. Um, but when you catch it, kind of like basketball, you have to – you know, establish a pivot foot, a little bit like soccer where you can move it left, right, up and down the field, and a little bit like football is when you catch in the end zone, you score a point. And then from there, you kick off to the other team. So it's four-time quarters, a lot like football, high score wins, typical scores like 24 to 21 at the end of one of our games. Well, you know, and it's really caught on because people have seen it as part of like ESPN Sports Center and so forth, and they're starting to say, "Hey, that's really cool!" Because you see some incredible athletic ability out there, don't you? I mean, really, at the level of all other sports out as well. Absolutely, Steve. Man, when I was when it was my day playing this game, five ten, you know, probably a four eight forty. I was an average guy. Now we've got six two, two hundred ten guys who can run four five forties with thirty inch vertical. So. The athleticism has gone off the charts, and like you said, ESPN has started to go, hey, this is pretty cool, and even got some You Got, you got Moss segments, which is, uh, which is really nice as well. Yeah, and, and let's talk, you did this for a while, you, you didn't do it as a pro, but you did this uh, in college and so forth. Uh, talk a little about how you played back then, and what led you to the professional leagues, and really, I think this is a great idea, because I think the sport really lends itself well 
too, stadiums and so forth. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's always been a, a great sport, bringing people together kind of in a social atmosphere. And it's, it's a lifestyle sport like tennis and golf. I mean, at 55, I play now. I'm going to play on a world's team in Ireland in June. So it's something you can play all throughout your life. But, you know, nowadays, um, you know, we go from kind of this club concept. We kind of play for each other. You know, it's a, it's a pay-to-play scheme. The players watch each other. They're saying, hey, we've got something cool here. I bet your fans would pay to come watch one of these games. And that's really what we built with the AUDL and creating kind of a pro concept where fans pay to come watch, you know, four quarters of some really good excitement. Fans really do need to check it out because they hear Frisbee and they remember playing it as a kid. And like you say, you can have some fun with it. You take your dog out there. What you guys are doing on the field in this league, though, is a whole cut above in the same way that flag football with a bunch of guys that you know from around the neighborhood isn't the same thing as going and watch the NFL. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people know disc golf, right? And um, people say, hey, I got a disc. Go grab a four-pack IPA, head out to the woods. You know, we'll kind of toss the disc around these little baskets. And that's fun, you know, and our guys like to play in the offseason. But this really is a hardcore, I call it pure athleticism, where it's speed, it's hops. You know, you've got, we've got the Tyreek Hills of the world. You know, we've got some Gronkowskis out there. And um, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's uh, some good highlights. And uh, Fox Sports loves it. ESPN loves it. And, you know, we're picking up a lot more fans. Well, now that we're talking about this, I think a lot of people hear this and say, okay, I want to go out and check it out. Now, tell us a little about the league. There's, what, 25 teams in, in the league? Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. We cover four corners of North America. So we go from Seattle to San Diego, Tampa to Montreal. 25 teams, four divisions, probably have 28 next year. Um, and we, uh, we have a Final Four championship. So, you know, we've got a lot of guys out there. We touch all corners of the North America. So, um, you know, and, and again, we're, we're putting on Fox Sports now. They picked us up. So you'll be able to see us live on Saturday nights. And we also live stream it on our proprietary platform called AODL.TV. All right. So, how often do the uh, do the league play? I mean, is it like once a week, twice a week? And and you you mentioned Saturday night on Fox, which is really exciting. When is the season too for this? Yeah. So it's we're kind of a late spring summer sport. So we start basically May first. Uh, these guys play twelve regular season games, run through the end of July, and then we have our off season, our post season in August. So we're trying to get everything done before football kicks in. You know, at end of August, then we have our championship weekend last weekend of August. Um, you know, we want to get the media exposure. And we also, want, as people are thinking about betting and, you know, having some fun with our sport, we want to make sure we, we grab their attention. Well, yeah, it's perfect for betting, too. I mean, I think the timing of that is ideal because I think it closely associates itself with football. Now, you don't have the, the violent hits or anything the, the way they do in the NFL, but at the same time, it's similar type scoring. It's that similar 100-yard field thing, and it, it strikes me that uh, it's just one of those sports that kind of lends itself well. You know, if you're one of these people that think baseball is a little slow, well, trust me, this sport is not slow. It's, that's true, and that's exactly what we went for. We, we built this for the modern media and sports entertainment world so you know we pack it into two hours um it's fast paced you know every when you pull when you throw it from one end to the other you know you're going to have a score at the end so you we generate a lot of statistics you know yardage thrown yards received passes blocks goals d's so you know the gambling world the game world is really picking this up because we generate a lot of stats and you know those are prop bets and fun bet you can make on the game. Yeah, well, I, I know from, because uh, we're located in Las Vegas, and we can tell you th- this is a good fit because there's so many different ways that you can bet on it. 
Plus, it's one of those things, I think it lends itself eventually to once these uh, players start getting known throughout the nation, it lends itself to a fantasy game as well. Absolutely. That's, you know, part of what we're trying to do is have, make sure before we put out really complicated fantasy leagues like you see in, you know, basketball and, and football and such, we want to make sure we have really accurate measurements. So right now the yards thrown, yards received aren't where we need to be in terms of accuracy, but you're starting to see some real basic fantasy you know, games being put together. DraftKings did free-to-play pools last year. They also started putting some lines out on the game. So just starting to scratch the surface there, but I think you're going to see it pick up steam a lot in the next year or two. Back with more in just a moment from Steve Hall, commissioner of the American Ultimate Disc League. For great classic sports, it's Sports RACX, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. Later today on Sports Rock and Tours, we continue last week's conversation with Nancy Finley, Charlie Finley's niece, who was there to watch and experience one of the great dynasty teams from the 20th century, the 1970 Oakland A's. Later in the show, we will review one of the greatest college basketball teams ever, the UNLV Running Rebels, coached by the great Jerry Tarkanian, and you'll meet a close friend of Tark's who covered the team in those dynasty seasons, Steve Karp. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid Minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Did Louis the Coin really soak the sheets with red wine in Rome? Yes. Did he really tell a federal court after testing positive for cocaine in his 70s that he only used coke for sex? Yes. Well, you can get these tales and more in the great book, You Thought It Was More, Adventures of the World's Greatest Counterfeiters. It's available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at louisthecoinbook.com. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at louisthecoinbook.com. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-979-4317. 800-979-4317. That's 800-979-4317. You hear Mr. Big every week on this show. Now Mr. Big invites you to visit him online and save some money. All his books are now on Kindle, and he's got a variety of books, fiction and nonfiction, including The Life and Times of Frank Balisteri, books on casino games, and much more. You can buy the Kindle and save even more money. Go to MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Steve Hall, the commissioner of the American Ultimate Disc League. Steve started playing Ultimate in 1985 at Georgia Tech, and most of his Ultimate career has been at the recreational level. Okay, so what do people have to know? Because I remember uh, I'm a big hockey fan from when I was a little kid. And one of the things that people had a problem with was learning these things like icing and offsides. And once they figured it out, it really wasn't that complicated. But once you figure it out, then you can really enjoy the game. So what do you need to know about, you know, the ultimate disc to really understand exactly uh, what's going on in the field? Besides, like you said, the scoring back and forth. Yeah, well, you know, it's a pretty simple game. I mean, you know, you, you throw the disc, you catch the disc. Um, there's there's no offsides. You can guard people. So you got to know when you catch it, you've got to come to a stop. You got to establish a pivot. Just like basketball, you can't get it. Otherwise, you travel and you kind of have to go back to the spot. Um, and then you know you can double team. But otherwise, it's a it's a pure game where it is speed, athleticism, and guys are just balling it and going hard out and uh, you know just trying to score a score a goal at the other end. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing I find too is. As you say, it's a, it's a fast game, so you do need speed. But just like other sports, too, that alone is not going to work. you got to understand the nuances of this game. And, boy, when you see somebody out there that's really good at it, you figure that out right away. Yeah, and, you know, we, we have, um, you know, obviously what separates us from others is the disc. It's, you know, we, we don't have a ball in our game. Uh, we call it flat balling sometimes with the disc. And so what really separates the rookies from the veterans is learning how to bend that disc, you know, it's kind of an outside in, inside out. We call it a hammer, which is over the top throw. So that's what you really learn how to do over time. You know, obviously, if you're six four and have a forty inch vertical, I can find a spot for you on a team. <laughs> but you know, yeah. <laughs> the really good guys make these crazy, crazy throws, and and that's what makes it a lot of fun watching the disc fly through the air. Well, in the development of the athlete, I know you have leagues now uh, in the middle and in high school levels, and of course, this is great because people know they're not they're not going to get caught. But you, you know, there's injuries like there is everywhere else, but it's not like football or even baseball where you can blow out your arm and you're not even in uh, the minors yet. But are we going to eventually see a time? Do you foresee like where the colleges pick this up and you kind of have a draft and do that sort of thing the way we're familiar like in football and basketball absolutely i mean there's already thousands of club teams across universities and colleges not only in the united states and canada but this is a global game um which is great and it's you know it's not a d1 d2 it's not ncaa recognized which is right now in our favor right um, yeah we can be a lot more flexible and we do think eventually there will be a draft um you know someday and that's what we plan on but you know right now we watch these guys pretty closely we have college players on our pro teams, which is nice, having that flexibility without the NCAA there. Yeah. Um, so it'll get there. <laughs> no question about it. Now, you know, you mentioned internationally. Do you foresee a time where, like in the world of soccer, where people are coming over and maybe some team from Europe or from Asia or something comes over and plays and they have, like, exhibitions and so forth? Uh, absolutely. In fact, we're, we're working on a couple things. Um, one, we've already started to show our games on Eurosport uh, in India ESPN and Latin America and Oceania. And um, in fact, what we are working on right now, we're going to take three teams down to Medellin, Colombia uh, for our first preseason showcase. A little bit like the NFL does, you know, going over to yeah. London. Now, those are regular season matches, but we're actually going to go down there, kind of bring our pro style down on their turf. But, you know, we are already bringing players in from France, from uh, Latin America, from Asia, you know, a few guys coming over and starting to play. But down the road, I see a pro league in Europe pro league in central south america pro league in asia and we're gonna have the first ever world cup of ultimate hopefully in about four or five years 
Steve, I got to say, I love listening to you because it kind of reminds me of the old, old days where Al Davis was the commissioner of the AFL. And you, you got to have that vision. So as, as you see this thing, I mean, OK, you've got the Fox Sports thing. So obviously TV is going to be crucial. And I think the sport lends itself well to that. Uh, is things like merchandising. I know you're a co-owner of the team, the Atlanta Hustle, which I think is a cool name. Is, is that part of it, too, is getting people familiar with it and, and kind of give us an idea, like where would you like to see this in, say, five years? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You mentioned earlier, you know, making the players into brands. I mean, you know, you, you know LeBron, you know Steph, you know Tom Brady, and that's where we want to go. We want to get these guys being known as brands. And so you see this, like, God, that's a really cool design. You know, who is the hustle? Who are the aviators, the union? And then, yeah, I saw this guy on, uh, on you know, you at Moss segment. Wow, I want to get one of those jerseys. So we actually just uh, started a partnership with a company called Legends, um, owned by Jerry Jones, the Steinbrenner family, and Six Street Capital. And you know, we're hoping to work with them to, you know, do some of these things like you talked about, getting smart on merchandise, working with sponsors. And, you know, as our name gets out there in the bigger world, you know, we're going to use them to help us kind of optimize the economic opportunity. Time to talk about your diet with nutritionist Melissa Anderson in this week's edition of Desert Health. This week, the topic centers around a staple in your pantry. Your tongue gets used to a certain taste. I thought, and everybody eats peanut butter, right? Most people do. We love it. But we we generally like the stuff that's kind of sugar-laden and so forth. There's some great brands out there that we grew up with with the kids. And you said you ought to really try the natural peanut butter, but don't make up your mind right away. And sure enough, things changed. And you say that's kind of natural, right? Is that that our, our... Taste buds are changing, or you get used to it, or how, why does that change the way it does? Yeah, that's great. So I don't know the detailed science behind it, I'll admit, but basically it takes about two weeks of consistent different eating. So like the different peanut butter or lower sugar foods or lower sodium foods, two weeks of that on a regular basis, and you basically like reprogram your taste buds. They become more sensitive to less uh, salt or sugar or fat or whatever. So, yeah, it just takes a couple of weeks. I always, like I said to you, don't don't make a decision right away. Give it some time and then... Well, the funny part is once you get used to it, then you don't want to go back to the sugar stuff. It's really kind of funny, though. It, the other stuff tastes gross, right? Yeah, and I never would have said that. I mean, now don't get me wrong. A couple of weeks on that, I could get to like it again. But I really like this stuff. I really do. Right. And uh, you put it yeah. on some sort of heavy fiber bread, you got something here. It's really good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I mean, well, now you're talking about peanut butter and it happens to be my spirit food. So <laughs> I can go on for days about that. But yep, you got it. <laughs> well, and that is a good question. He says the spirit food, whether it's peanut butter, almond butter, there's a lot of these things that as long as you get the natural stuff, it's pretty good for you, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, when it's the natural stuff, it's, essentially just the nut that's been blended up so much that it's now a butter consistency. Sometimes they add a little bit of salt, but sometimes they don't even add that. It's literally just almonds or peanuts or cashews or sunflower seeds. And it's, I mean, there are more studies on the health benefits of nuts and seeds than I can even begin to say a hundred thousand probably. And, resoundingly they come back as being so healthy for you. 
so, I mean, the fats are, quote unquote, the good fats, you know, yeah. they, they have some fiber in them. They're low in carbohydrates. Generally, they have protein. So they're satisfying. They're just, they actually improve your cholesterol. Thanks, Melissa. When we return, you'll take a trip to one of the great restaurants in town that's been a must stop for over 50 years. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. Hi, this is Andy Martello, Las Vegas entertainer, award-winning author, voice of the Las Vegas Aviators, and generally tired human being. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and joining us now is Martha Montague, manager of the Peppermill Restaurant and Fireside Lounge on the Vegas Strip. The Peppermill has been around since 1972 and is an iconic reminder of vintage Vegas. It's been the backdrop for classic films like Casino, Showgirls, and The Cotton Club. It's also had its share of famous visitors, including Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, Guy Fieri, Chris Angel, and Floyd Mayweather. In fact, Penn Gillette is such a fan that he had a custom booth modeled after theirs, built and installed in his own home. Well, the Peppermill's been here for 45 years. Um... I've worked here all the 45 years. Uh, we are well known for a lot of movies that have been uh, filmed here. Uh, we're one of the number one, we are the number one iconic restaurant in the state of Nevada. Uh, a lot of people come here. We have great service, um, great food. A lot of movie stars come here. Uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, Sharon Stone, Robert De Niro. Uh, Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone did a movie, Casino, that was filmed in, in the Peppermill. Uh, Tony Fields, um, Debbie Reynolds, uh, she was remodeling her hotel, and they, her and her husband would come in here every single day and eat while they were doing her hotel that was very close by. Uh, Rich Little, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis frequent the Peppermill quite a bit. Tony Orlando. Uh, Alan Jackson, Liza Minnelli, Frank Sinatra, uh, Elvis Presley went into our lounge uh, a few times after work, snuck in the back door. Wow, well, you, you've been doing this for 45 years. You've seen all these great names. First of all, was there any particular favorites that you just love to see come in, just kind of lit up the whole restaurant? Um, well, not really a favorite. They were all uh, exciting to meet, so I really don't have a favorite. Pendulette. He would come in here. He modeled his kitchen uh, from the Peppermill. He had like a booth that resembled the, our Peppermill. He had our menu. He loved this place. Yeah. And now, he's lost all that weight now. All of a sudden, you can barely recognize him. Does he still come here? Or is he uh, still a regular? I haven't seen him lately. Uh, I think when he came, it would be more late night than in the daytime. So, uh, But a lot of movie stars still do come here. And we get new ones. Uh, Floyd Merriweather, he comes here all the time with his entourage. Um, so uh, he frequents this place quite often. Um, 
Well, let's remind people about what this place is because, you know, I think it really does it a disservice to call it a coffee shop because there's so much more than that. Uh, the food here is great. It, it's kind of what you remember from coffee shops, but you, your portion is still as huge as I remember them. Yes, everything is really good sized. Uh, we haven't changed that at all. Uh, people come here because they like the atmosphere. Our food quality is very good. Our service is excellent. We're kind of a family restaurant. All of the people that work here are uh, family, you know, and I think that makes a difference when you go up to your tables and your customers, uh, they feel that. Well, you know, you do get a taste of it. Just coming in here waiting for you to come down and just watching some of the people and the customers are regulars. You can see they're with, with these people and you know, I just said hello to a few. They all seem to work here for a long time. And of course, you've worked here for 45 years. There must be a really family atmosphere, not only with the customers, but among the staff. Yes, we have a great atmosphere. Um, our, our staff is fantastic. Everybody works well together. Um, uh, they're just all family. They they see each other after work. You know, it isn't just like at work and then they go home. A lot of the people are are great friends and go out to dinner together. They go different, you know, do different things together. So, and that makes a big difference. You know. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just fun to come in here because it's a real throwback. I mean, I look at this and I remember growing up in the 70s and 80s. And, of course, you still have the bar like that. There's never been any kind of desire to change things, right? People like it like this. Yeah. Uh, one time a few years ago, we uh, kind of, we didn't remodel the kitchen, but we put in new uh, ovens and stuff. And so we had to be closed. And when we told people we were kind of remodeling, they were like, no, 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 don't change. I mean, we had people call and say, don't change. No, you guys aren't. They like the way it is. And so uh, I think that it wouldn't be the same if we remodeled. We have to, you know, keeping it like it is, is is the 70s and people look at it that way when they come in they go oh my gosh we just love it here you know they come time and time again you know they get off the airplane and the first place they go is the pepper mill and we're so well known it's one of the 10 top places in las vegas to come to it's one of the mo the must you must go to the pepper mill you must go in the lounge well, that's absolutely, you know, it's part of, I think when people come here, even for the first time, they want a little taste of that vintage Las Vegas, and this certainly has that. I mean, it's just, you know, in its own way, it's a beautiful location. It really is. And it must be something, having worked here 45 years, you've seen the strip all around you make some dramatic changes. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of changes. The Stardust being gone, uh, the Riviera being gone. But, you know, in all the mishap that's happened with the economy and everything, our business has actually flourished. We, it's been great. Um, and I think it's due to the great food, the great service, that people, no matter what. And we don't advertise. We, there's people that advertise for us without us even asking. Um, and they just keep coming back. It's, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing. Well, that's why when you do visit Las Vegas, if you haven't been here, you got to drop by. It's really quite a bit of fun. And, uh, again, you get that feeling. The food is great here, too. And you're open 24 hours a day, right? And, I mean, it's just it's just constantly busy. Yeah. Uh, day shift is probably our busiest shift. I don't know any other restaurant that for eight hours can be on over an hour wait sometimes. that's It's incredible. I always think to myself, oh, my gosh, I mean, the wait here. An hour wait for eight hours. I don't know of any restaurant that really has that. 
Well, and there's so much competition in this town with the restaurants saying, yep, it means enough to people where they're willing to wait an hour. Yes, uh, and people do. They say, you were worth the wait. When I, when I say thank you for waiting, they say, you were worth the wait. You know, to be here at the Pepper Mill, they come time and time again. Now, does the bar still serve? I, I remember it serving really exotic cocktails and big glasses. Is that still the uh, fare there? All of our drinks are made from scratch. We do not use a mix, uh, and they are still as, gr- as good as they were in the beginning. And our prices are really reasonable for on the strip. Oh, absolutely. You know, the price of the food, for what you get, it's an incredible uh, value. Are there any particular favorites? Because, you know, having been around so many years and so forth, are there some dishes here that just people always come and ask for? Um, I think probably in the morning it would be our omelets. Our omelets are tin eggs, and they're really huge. And our, our pancakes are really big. They're good size. Um, I think that probably in our salads are really enormous. Our fresh fruit salad is one of our signature dishes. Um, I think uh, though the, uh, the omelet probably would be standing would stand out the most out of anything. Uh, it's it's incredible. Uh, well, ten, ten eggs. Yeah. <laughs> you could share that with the whole family. That's unbelievable. Do, do people finish that? A lot of people do, and a lot of people don't. Uh, you know, sometimes I've eaten an omelet and I've eaten the whole thing, going, "Oh my gosh, I ate ten eggs." Uh, and they're they're shareable. Pretty much everything here is shareable. So even if you thought maybe it was a little pricey, uh, you could share and, you know. No, it, it really is a great value. So let's tell people when they make the trip they want to go. First of all, let's tell them kind of where they're at, where you're at. And then secondly, if they want to look online, do you have a, a site for that? We do. Um, you, we have our, our own site, Peppermill Las Vegas. Uh, we have a Facebook page that's Peppermill Las Vegas. And we also are www.peppermilllasvegas.com. Uh, and you can look at our menu. We have pictures on there. We are at 2985 South Las Vegas Boulevard. We are Kitty Corner from Circus Circus. We are just one, two blocks uh, north of the Wynn and Encore Hotel. Yeah, and that's just a great location. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. When we return, three of our regulars will join us. Tiger Todd of Hero School. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, and the keeper of the Vegas crime blotter, Mr. Big. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. Tiger Todd is back again. This week, Tiger and I talk about the individual needs of folks trying to get their life back on track. To do this right, you've got to kind of tailor it to each individual because just like we are, nobody's exactly the same. Because I I love that idea. You take somebody in a Harley and go and do that. And it forces them to think in a way that they never think, you know, that they have gotten away from that completely. And it's that process of doing it that really changes lives. Uh, well, it is. But, you know, so like with everything with Hero School, right, everything with a movie, everything with the mythologies from you know, up to 3000 years ago that became the movies and became Hero School is you, you, you look at their you, you first have to understand the philosophy. Right. Um, a lot of people have said, you know, well, you know, we are rational beings. And of course, you know, I. I quoted Top Gun because literally we've put, sent our own kids to college and paid their way. And in six months, their emotions took over when they're, and they became activists for child soldiers or some other cause. And they forgot all about their schoolwork and the purpose of being there, right? So then people, so then the higher ups would say, oh, we are emotional beings. Yeah, but where do our emotions come from? And our emotions come from our beliefs. And if you're peeling, peeling away two guys who work together brilliantly during the week, right? But after that fight, you know, at the, at the pub at two in the morning, right? Over Ford versus Chevy, you find out it's because of their belief that one or the other was better. Well, we have all kinds of beliefs, not just, you know, you know, which is what favorite car is this because dad worked at the plant or what our religions are. We have to get up to beliefs and beliefs are typically the tenets of beliefs are philosophies. And so you need to have a philosophy about what, what makes a human, right? We become what we learn. You know, we, we start with that philosophy base before you can start to tailor it to somebody's expression, right? The work that, um, that reminds that person, maybe here's the key, the key Stephen, um, is what, what reminds them of their higher self-identity. Um, you know, because that is what normally is revealed along the arc in a movie of, our, of a hero, right? You, you see that well, clearly the most repeated history movie is Groundhog Day. Um, and since um, uh, we're getting that um, <laughs> six additional weeks of winter, um, thanks to the Groundhog. Thanks, Groundhog. Uh, Groundhog Day, though, is a series, is a story of a man who repeats history over and over enough, and they've penned it brilliantly where the first, you know, however many years that was of every single day, the guy just tries to live out all the lusts and the things, you know, he thought he didn't get in his prior life. And then eventually, you know, tries to end it when he thinks there's nothing more, but then finally that higher self, and he starts to live for others, right? And these are philosophies, right? They're in the New Testament, right? They're, you know, there's no greater love as man than this, and he laid out his life for a friend. Um you know, the, the, the principle of riding the Harley and following every, every rule or driving your car, right? Being faithful over little will make you master over much. But if you're unjust in little, you'll be unjust in much. So the idea is let's get them back faithful over little. What's the last thing you knew you were supposed to do that you didn't finish? Let's just get back to that. And in a couple hours, you'll see your, your higher self powers return. More with Tiger Todd of Hero School again next week. But in the meantime, you can learn all you can about Hero School, which ignites rapid and lasting change with the homeless, houseless, and hopeless at the speed of movies. All you need to do is visit heroschool.us. That's heroschool.us. 
Time now for another visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Well, if you've been following the Adele Vegas residency controversy, you know that your Vegas insider, Scott Robin, has been the accepted expert of the world press. We chatted with Scott at length about Adele. She can sell her tickets. They're reselling for $35,000. I've never understood that. I never understood the people that would pay two or $3,000 to see Barbara Streisand or, or 6000 to see Lady Gaga or whatever. Is there an end to this? And, 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 and secondarily, Scott, are we getting to the point? Because I know some of those really work. And then other times you got people in there and they just can't sell the tickets. I forget. Like Janet Jackson, I remember at the uh, Park MGM, uh, they, you, can, you, can watch, you can watch the price go down if you stayed on the site. It was that bad. So is this what we're going to look at? Big, huge uh, sales prices for some and uh, bargains for others? Well, Adele was huge. Uh, huge news. I think I broke it. I'm pretty sure I broke the, the story, which I always have to mention, of course. Uh, huge name. Huge, you know. And you mentioned the $35,000 ticket. Well, that's, a, that's an asking price. It's unknown if anybody's going to pay anywhere near that amount. Uh, a lot of these secondary sellers are just – they're just – hoping for the best. They put those numbers out there. Um, it, they were pretty reasonably priced to start. But yes, you have an in-demand performer who uh, you know doesn't really do this kind of residency, and now she's going to do it on weekends, and it's a big deal. So, But yeah, there, it's a mixed bag, because some of these folks you think are going to do really well don't, uh, and you'll see their tickets kind of on these um, on these seat filler websites, you know, you buy a membership and then you get free tickets. Those are always very awkward. Um, and so it's a mixed bag. Some can demand just outrageous amounts. You know, it's what the market will bear. And, uh, one of the things that I've told people about Adele is the, the, it's not been publicized, but I believe this residency could continue for two to three years. So this frenzy to get tickets up front doesn't make a ton of sense to me if she's going to be doing this for two or three years. So, I say chill out and wait for the prices to go down. Uh, and then there's other, you know, there's other folks who are just consistent draws. And I think one of the, the interesting um, things that's going to be coming up in Vegas is there's so many seats and so many venues. It's it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with a with a venue like the Sphere because it's thousands more seats. It's unclear who's going to be performing there because. You know, Caesars and MGM are locking in these big names, these big residencies. Uh, Allegiance, that's a lot of seats to fill. There are very few performers that can fill up Allegiant. So you've got a ton of seats, a ton of venues, but only a limited pool of superstar performers. So, And as you lock them up, that means Adele isn't performing at the Sphere because she's locked up, you know. So I I think Vegas is in for a rude awakening because there's far more seats uh, than, than performers who can fill these big venues. and But Adele is a gem. She's a national treasure. I actually don't know which nation she's a treasure of. I think she's a, an honorary Vegas treasure. Uh, but, you know, you see you see folks coming and doing, you know, you got Katy Perry at Resorts World. you got these interesting, you know, choices of venues, interesting choices of performers, and there's the people who just keep delivering, you know, selling those seats. And, of course, the other consideration in casinos is you've got to get a performer who not only sells tickets, but who draws a good casino customer. And Adele, people like Celine, that's why Celine's cancellation was a big blow to Resorts World, because she draws the perfect casino customer, an older customer with disposable income. Uh, Lady Gaga does the same thing. You've got, you've got certain performers where 
they deliver a perfect casino customer. So that means beyond the value of the ticket, you've got people who are going to come and spend on rooms and shows, other shows, and restaurants and bars and lounges. And uh, so it's a, it's, it's a fascinating world. I don't know if that was the question, but Adele was a big scoop for me. And so I'm, gonna, I'm a big supporter of hers because she got me a lot of eyeballs. Thanks, Scott. Make sure to visit Scott every day at VitalVegas.com for the very latest on Vegas happenings. You can see with this Adele story, you want to be on top of it, you go to VitalVegas.com. Time now to open up the Vegas crime blotter. And this week, a familiar name to folks that follow mobsters in Las Vegas and so forth, Tony Viant. There's some new information out on him. Tell us all about it, Mr. Big. Well, Mr. Big is sitting here minding his own business on Wednesdays. He listens to his best podcast going, which is original gangsters out of, out of Detroit. And their guest on this week talked about him following court brief documents in order to get more investigations going about Tony DeAnne Soprano. It seems, oh my God, according to this man in the court filings, that many of the things we thought happened about his life, last days on Earth to his death in the Vegas skim wasn't quite what we were told. Maybe, in fact, the FBI suppressed information, suppressed evidence, not the FBI, not the FBI. They wouldn't suppress evidence, would they? No, not them. Keep your eyes on that price. More information will be coming, and check out the podcast, Original Gangsters, as that comes out to be the first ones out there to show it. Well, we will, and we're always interested in uh, some of the great podcasts that are out there, particularly on the topics that you cover, Mr. Big, so we will do that. Thanks, Mr. Big. Remember, check out everything about Mr. Big at MilwaukeeMob.com. He's got books on crime, he's got books on gambling, and he has some incredible merchandise. Just go there. It's MilwaukeeMob.com. Coming up next is Sports and Tours. Go to Sports R-A-C-X. Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's Sports R-A-C-X, short for Sports and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports and Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Las Vegas, here we go!